0: Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, verse 10 is where I'm going to be- begin this morning. A passage of Scripture that we many of us know, many of us have heard preached on a number of times. I have often preached on this passage. In fact, this is a passage of scripture I preached on at men's conference a couple weeks ago, or a week ago now, just one week ago. And um, it, I believe, is, is just, I think God's just echoing this out for us a little bit. But Ephesians 6, verse 10, says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, how many of you know that's a lot? Well, he's already mentioned is a lot, but in addition to all of that, in addition, there's more. How many of you know God has more for us? Yeah, God has more for us. He wants to provide more. He wants to continue. He wants, he wants our thoughts to be on the more that he has for us and, the, and, and what he's already done for us. But it says, and in addition to all of this, verse, verse what is that? Verse 16. See, I had to, because my eyes are getting worse. You guys help a brother out. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Say shield of faith. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of truth, or the sword, excuse me, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want to talk this morning about this shield of faith that God gives to us and allows us to have, because we know this to be true, that, that there are fiery darts fired from the enemy to us, right? There's, there's continual attack upon our lives, right? If you don't know that, you need to know that. Like I said at the, at the conference a couple weeks ago, that every fight that you don't know you're in, you're losing. I don't know if you know that, but we're in a fight, right? We're in a, we're in a spiritual battle, and if you don't know that you're engaged in one, you're already losing that fight. Well, the, the truth is, is, is certain here that the enemy of our soul, he, he wants to fight and battle against us, and we have to raise a shield of faith to protect ourselves in spite of what the enemy's doing. God has given us the ability to withstand what the enemy has to fire at us. If, listen, if we're protected with the, with the armor that God has provided. The enemy can get through. But not if you're protected the way that God has pro- given you the provision for. So in verse 16, it says, in addition to this, in addition, take up the shield of faith, right? Right? With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, don't I, I don't think that we're being we are being practical this morning. Let me let me explain shield of faith to you. Shield speaks of protection, right? There's a protection. I want you to literally. I should have brought like a little plastic kitty shield out here, right, right, right. Remember, kids love these things. They love to hide behind them. They'll make them out of everything. Right? A trash can lid is an awesome shield right? And you can take that thing and hide behind that thing. And, and we know this is something that is kind of, kind of just ingrained into who we are as human beings, that we know that there's a battle ahead. Little kids, every child that I have ever been around, they have, they have this, this at some point, they do the cowboy Indian thing. They do the cops and robbers thing, right? Everybody. Right. They do all these. It's this battle one to another. Right. I have two sons. They battle. Right. They battle. And and we need to understand this shield. It speaks of protection. Right. And faith, faith describes where the protection comes from. See, there's a shield that we can employ, that we can put in place. But we've got to have a shield, not just any shield, not a trash can lid. That's not going to help you against the fiery darts of the evil one, right? Well, I got the galvanized, you know, 30-gallon trash can lid. I'm good. No, no, you need a shield of what? Faith. you got to have a shield of faith in place. I want you to consider uh, the the, the apostle Paul who wrote this passage. He calls it an all-sufficient faith. In In other words, a faith that's good enough for all occasions at all times, right? And he's talking here out of personal experience, and he's and I, I don't think anyone today would would doubt Paul's faith, right? Incredible, faithful guy. And I want you to think about Paul's personal experience concerning faith. What sort of protection did this shield have to offer this amazing man of God who who had so many wonderful experiences in his lifetime? Well, let's look. 2 Corinthians verse eleven. 2 Corinthians eleven verse twenty four. He says this, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. That's with rocks, not recreationally. Okay, New Mexicans? Got to point that out. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Not in a boat. He means bobbing, right? Right? I'm constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers. From bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, and in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Remember, Paul planted churches. He went around and started, right, started churches all over the place. He traveled through those regions, spreading the gospel message of Jesus, and then he starts getting return comments of how those churches are doing. Letters back to him say that that, that stuff's going on. There's fighting within the church. Imagine that, right? Imagine church people bickering. Can you imagine that? Can't even, so verse 29, it says, Who is weak, and I do not feel weak who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn. Now, I, I've had a couple bad days in my life. How many of you had a bad day? But the bad days Paul's had? I've never had a day like that. I've never had a day like that, right? Wait a minute, this man, Paul, Paul is talking about this shield of faith with all those horrible things that happened to him. I don't, I don't get it, Pastor Derek. What, what in the world? What kind of shield is that? right? What's happening? It looks like this guy's got more problems than anyone I've ever heard about, right? We live in the desert, so we've often not been shipwrecked, right? It's not a common occurrence to us, but he goes on to say in the next chapter, Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, says this, to keep me from being conceited because of the, these surpassingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. A messenger of Satan to torment me. I want to back up and read the first part of that again. To keep me from being what? Conceited. It's interesting. How many of you believe every word of the Bible? That every, every word has meaning and purpose. Paul here is cited, right, in the chapter before. All these things that he's endured... And then he says, pause button, hit hit the pause. Just, I want you to make sure you hear this to keep me from being conceited, right? Um, Because of the great revelation that God has given me, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. We don't know what he's talking about. Bible scholars don't know. What Paul is talking about here? What was his thorn in the flesh? What is yours? Right? I had a guy one time say, "My mother-in-law." No, I don't <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. A thorn in the flesh. He some of it some of it was some people think it was his eyes, his eyes. He had issues with his eyes, bad eyes. Someone said that, that, that he was prone to fever that caused exhaustion. He would work to exhaustion and then he'd, he'd collapse. Some people have said that this thorn in the flesh was, was, was other things. But one thing that we can, uh, can agree on is that it was some sort of ailment that impaired him from doing or hindered him from doing the work that God had asked him to do, not totally, but caused him distress or pain while he's doing it, right? Now, some people, when pain exists, they stop, right? They just throw the brakes on and stop. I believe, I personally believe that Paul, Paul's thorn in the flesh, if you think about it, and I don't, this is, this is, this is my commentary, okay, so this is not Bible. I believe it might have been guilt. I believe it might have been guilt, and here's why. Can you, he, he, was, he was feeling guilty for the actions that he had had in his previous life as, as someone who persecuted Christians, right? Now he's in the church, right? But he remembers faces in the crowd and how one time he treated them the way he did. And now God has redeemed his heart, redeemed his life, and now he steps into a new role. God has called him to go and to spread the gospel, and now he's going to these churches and these, these, these followers of Jesus, and he's proclaiming the gospel, Right? But he's at the same time there, I believe his mind, their mind's a powerful thing, right? I, I, I see people, I can see people that I haven't seen in decades, and, and and walk in and see people, and immediately, sometimes, immediately, sometimes their name comes to me. How many of you are with me on the immediate sometimes? Yeah, sometimes it escapes me completely. But sometimes, I and, I and I'm like, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that person's name had, had you asked me who that was outside. But all of a sudden, there's this, re, there's, this, there's this remembrance, right? Paul, Paul was there. Can you imagine the guilt that he felt about Stephen, the stoning of Stephen? Paul held the coats of those who were throwing rocks at him till he stopped twitching, right? He was overseeing the death of a follower of Jesus, And now he's in a new time in his life and God has him stepping into that same crowd of people and loving them and helping them. I don't know, if it might just be me. I may be way off, but there could be a little bit of guilt involved in that right there. You know, especially you see Stephen's brothers and sisters and parents. You're like, I'm here again. But this time to give you sandwiches cut in the shape of a triangle. We'll call it an afterglow after church, and people will gather and we'll call we'll have fellowship. Anybody? We we'll eat egg salad sandwiches and little mini hot dog smoky things with barbecue sauce on them, with lots of toothpicks and food. You've been to these things, right? Casseroles with a half inch of cheese melted over the top, so you don't know what's underneath. I I think I think Paul could have had a guilt issue in his life. Just to guess. Even though he sought forgiveness, even though though all that's true, Satan being Satan would continue to remind him of the guilt, right? Even though we have asked forgiveness, even though God has granted us forgiveness for the things that we've done in our lives, yes? Have you pleaded for God to forgive you? Do sometimes you still have the thoughts, oh, I shouldn't have done that even though you know now that you've been forgiven? I I just, this is is me right now, but I just, I have a feeling that Paul had a little bit of an issue, right? I think we know that so often Paul speaks of this thing called grace. I think there's a reason. I think there's a reason he's an authority on grace. Come on, church. Even though he followed this statement about the thorn with three times, I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you and my, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest upon me. Here's the point. Here's the point. There is now and there was then a shield of faith, listen to me, that did not keep him from affliction. That did not keep him from attack. There's a lot of false teaching out there that says, you follow Jesus, you're just going to live this blessed holy life. You can just strut around, everything's going to be good, you're going to have attack upon your life. That is wrong. This is one of the greatest men of God to ever walk on God's green earth. Come on, church. And we know that he had continual battle after battle after battle with, with infirmities and different things in his life. It didn't protect him from repeated failure. Are you hearing me? The shield of faith was there, but it didn't protect him from repeated failure. You can almost hear the, the sadness in, in the Apostle Paul as you read about his life. And he's, he overlooked the, the sometimes crushed vision and, and, and difficult roadblocks in his way to where he is, where he, he's being called to go, and what he's called to do, and, and all the churches that he's built, and the people that he's pouring into, and, and the people that he's won to, to Christ, right? But, but there, there's, there's just some of these things. Uh, let me read some of these statements Paul made. He said, are you soon, so soon, falling away? He said these to the churches. Do do you hear his concern here? He's speaking. "You, You would have given your eye for me, he said. But now, he's feeling alone, right? He's feeling alone. He says, I hear there is strife among you. He's writing to the church. Disappointment, he says again. It is reported that there is uncleanliness among you. Frustration builds, right? Rises to the top. And some of the saddest words in the entire scripture. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. He says, For Demas, who was one of his followers, one of his closest ones, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me. One of his disciples, right? One of those people he poured into. One of those people he spent an enormous amount of Demas. One that he's trusted and loved. Demas has literally turned his back on Paul and walked away. And Paul is speaking to us today through the authority of the scripture, right? The inspiration of the Holy Spirit on this shield of faith. Well, gee, Paul, you could have you know, showed us a life a lot different than the one you led, if you're going to be authoritative on this shield of faith. No, no, no. What he's getting at is this. Even though attacks come, even though these things are prevalent, just understand that God has a shield of faith for us all. Come on. For us all. It's clear the shield of faith did not guard him from the agony of defeat or the feelings of negative emotions although he spent his days uh, recommending to those around him and us now that we need this protection that God's shield of faith provides to us, right? His own life had been burdened by the attack of the enemy. I want you to ask yourself this question today. Did Paul wear this shield of faith or was he just speaking about it saying, I wish I would have because if I had, life would be different. What do you think? I think he I think he continually was was employing or putting upon him himself the shield of faith and walking out into life, knowing that God was taking care of. But listen, listen, because so far what I've done is I've painted you a picture of the physical. Yes. All the things that have taken place, all so many things that have been taking place against him physically, in his physical condition, right? But we've been, we've been looking at external defeats. You see, when Paul spoke of this, his life, he's talking here about his soul. When he's talking about shield of faith, he's talking about the, the soul within him. You and I almost always view life from the outside in, Right? We view people from the outside in. We judge people from the outside in, right? We know God does not but we do, yes? We, we totally do, right? You have somebody this afternoon walk up to your door as You're ready to get out who looks big and mean, right? Come on, right? They got them skin bumper stickers all over them. Come on, somebody. Smile at me. You just don't know about those people. Right? We judge from the outside. We do? Right? When we do that, what happens? We're often wrong. So often we're wrong. When Paul looked at his life in the shield of faith, he looked from the inside out. So even though all these things have afflicted him, even though they've attacked, even though he's been bombarded, when he thinks of his, when he thinks of his life, his eyes aren't on the outside. They're on his soul. They're on the, the innermost part of who he is, right? And the real value, ladies and gentlemen, attach, he attaches to his life. He fixes the value upon his soul, upon his soul. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. What should it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his Loses soul. Loses soul. You cannot entice him away. You can't entice him away from life's accidents. You can't. You can't get him to complain about the circumstances. You can't get him to use those things as a measuring stick. Paul simply didn't do that. Nor can you get him to look at the amount of the possessions that he had within life. You can. You can only get him to look about the condition of his soul. You see, I believe that when Paul was knocked off that, that, that horse, right? I believe when he had that moment, that moment on the road to Damascus, I believe that Paul, Paul had a complete different viewpoint on life from that point forward. As do, I think, as followers of Jesus, we should. I believe we should look at life from an eternal perspective, not a temporary perspective. You know, you hear me say it all the time. You need to live for 20 years from now. Now. Well, what do you mean? I mean, you need to prepare. Come on, church. You need to prepare. You need to think of. You need to, that puts disciplines in your life that aren't in place. That puts perspective in life that we don't normally walk in. It prepares us for what's coming because God wants for us to leave a legacy that will last. Come on, church. And he's saying throughout the scripture to look forward to the day of his return, to look forward to the day of his coming, that we might be ready. If we're going to be ready, then we've got to prepare now, right? So the apostle Paul, when he's teaching us, he's, he's continually telling us, listen, what should it profit a man today if he loses his soul? When? It's, it's later, we, we don't, have the, opport- or we don't ha- we have the opportunity, but we don't have the luxury of making that bad decision. We, we can make a lot of other bad decisions, right? A lot of other bad decisions. We don't have the luxury of that one. We simply don't. See, if we're, if we're distracted with all the things of this world that it's trying to get us to focus on, we'll be swayed away by the things that our eyes, and then our eyes won't be on the best things for us. Simply won't be on the best people that came to honor um, Sharon Nelson this week at that, that funeral on, on, on Friday. In, this place was packed full of people, right? We had to have rows of chairs. Why? Because this is a woman who loved God, but she loved people, right? I know people that love God that hate people. And I'm just like, Ugh. hermits, right? They're not doing the world a lot of good, Yes? but share and love people. We know people like this. We need to be people like this who we live to love others. We live to point them to Jesus. And the way our lives interact with theirs, it's going to help them get closer to him. Doesn't mean you're perfect. We all know you're not. Right? We all know we're not. Because If you don't know you're not, you'll think others are, you know, less than. Come on. You never find the Apostle Paul glued to the, glued to the wealth or the poverty that surrounds him. Never. But everywhere and always, with endless fascination, he watches the growth or the decay of the human soul around him. His eyes are not on the outward They're on what's going on inside of people. And I think we need to be people like this, where we care so much that we see right past the plastic smile. Right? Now, can I tell you something? In order for you to be able to see past it, you're going to have to know that person pretty well. Right? Because everybody can fake it pretty good. Right? And we all do that. Right? And I'm not telling you not to do that. But I am telling you that you need people in your life that you can be open and honest with. Right? And not just people you pay. Right? You know, I I, I talked to a guy this week that um a counselor on the phone and, and he was He's a guy I'm going to be open and honest with. Yes? Because if I can't, it do not do me any good. Right? I, I really don't think, he, I mean, he's not even in it for the pay, for the check, right? But at the end of the day, one part of him, he, I mean, if, I, if I'm honest or not, does it matter to him or not? I, I hope, it's a ministry, so I would hope that he's in it for more than a, Than the money, come on everybody. But we gotta be honest. And you need people in your life that you can do that with. And is it risky? Shake your head up and down like this. If you're doing this, you don't have the right people. (laughs) It's risky. It's always risky. Right? But remember, always remember this. Listen, healing doesn't happen in the dark it only happens in the light you got to step into the light you got to open your soul you got to right you got to tell you got you got to let it out and then god's healing can begin in you right people that were healed by jesus they didn't they didn't not come to jesus and jesus healed them they came to jesus seeking healing When the fiery darts of the enemy come our way, and they, they will, right, they will, then what should we do? We need to raise the shield of faith that God has to protect our soul in our life, right? Well, too often we want a shield, a shield against all these things. We want a shield against sorrow, Right? We want a shield against sorrow to keep it away so we, don't get, so we don't get close. We want a shield against loss so we keep that away. We want a shield against broken relationships with those we love so we're guarded. We want a shield against death. We want a shield against pain so we live safe. In other words, we want a shield that makes us comfortable. Yeah? God did not give us this shield of faith to make us comfortable. Comfortable people aren't growing people. They're not growing people. We've got we to get a little uncomfortable if we're going to grow, if we're going to change. God intends for us to grow. God intends for us to, to, to grow up in him, <coughs> to become more like him, not to become stagnant, not to become boring, but to become faith-filled and risk it. Come on, everybody. we got to risk. Now, now, I'm not saying that life should just be one tragedy to the next, right? Don't do that. Don't do that, but I I do believe that to walk in the fullness of God, we will experience that the the world around us will never understand. When we walk in faith, when we trust the Lord, when we're truly seeking His will for our lives, and then we're saying, okay, I'm going to do that. What are the next steps I need to take in order to make that happen in my life? And then follow through with those next steps. It's challenging, right? Why? Because circumstances are tough. Circumstances are tough, but they should never bring disaster to our soul. They may bring disaster to all kinds of things around us. But you can't affect my soul. Right? You can do a lot of things, but you, you can't affect my soul. Right? <clears throat> I, I love reading uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, just an amazing, amazing, amazing man. He talks a lot about how that he was he was... He, was, he endured so many things, right, in Nazi concentration, but they couldn't, they couldn't affect his soul. Regardless of what was taking place, even physically, they did not have the power to do that. He, he held on to the strength that he had, that God had given him to sustain through it. And because of it, he's, he's led hundreds of thousands of people to Jesus because of a life well lived in the middle of affliction. I think his shield of faith looked like a porcupine got a hold of it. You know? But there's a victorious dude on the other side of that thing. The, the fiery arrows of the evil one are going to come at us, but we still can maintain victory in our lives. So so good. I, I, I hope you're hearing me. I hope you're not lulled to sleep this morning by a, a less, less an hour of sleep and cloud and rain outside. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it wonderful? You can nap later. It's going to be glorious. I pray it trickles rain all afternoon. You can open the window, right? Let a cool breeze in. Get in your comfy clothes. Right? Just relax, right? And here I am talking about the devil shooting arrows at you. Listen, Paul did not seek a shield to keep out of the circumstances. He sought a shield of faith to keep the circumstances from doing him harm. From doing him harm. Let me use an illustration. A ray of sunlight is made up, we're told, of, of, of many, many, many colors, right? It's made up of a lot of colors. We can actually filter out those colors. We can filter out the rays just to let the heat in. In other words, we can prevent the presence of, the, the, the sun's rays that we don't desire. Are you with me? To the Apostle Paul, that's what the shield of faith was. It's like, a, it's like sunscreen, right, to protect his soul. It's like something like from, from the deadly things that dwelled in every kind of circumstance, but yet God has given us a weapon. And, and please understand, the shield of faith is a weapon, Sometimes we think of it as a, oh, it's just defense. No, it is is definitely a weapon because if you can't do harm to your enemy, they maintain a strength that you can't even possess. And the enemy of our lives is continually trying to get us to tap out and roll over in defeat. But if we maintain the strength that God has provided to us, through the weapons that he's given to us, then we can we can battle. Come on, everybody. We can battle at a level that we've never battled before. We've got, but we've got to take it on, we've got to equip ourselves, we've got to put on the full armor of God. Or we won't withstand the attack of the evil one. See, circumstances have the power to bless you or to hurt you, right? whether good or bad, we're consumed or we're, we're, we're lifted up, we're encouraged. He, it, was, it was against these deadly things that he needed a shield, right? It's against those things, that, and he found one, and it's, it's called the shield of faith. You see, Paul did not want a shield against failure that he might not stray from God. He, didn't, he, he wanted a shield against pessimism that's born out of failure, right? Failure's going to happen. That's not the that's not the devastation. The devastation in the heart is the pessimism that comes with it. The cynicism that follows frustration. That's what's ongoingly defeating in our lives. Failure's over quickly. It's over as fast as a victory comes. but the pessimism the cynicism that is attached that comes if we allow ourselves to be bogged down in that in that failure paul wanted not a shield from injury but against the deadly things that are born from injury a revengeful spirit is what he wanted a shield from. Come on, everybody. Paul didn't want to shield from his pain because he knew from pain oftentimes great things are accomplished. Right at the end of a long, hard work day with blisters on your hands and sore shoulders and back, there's a great amount of things that have been completed. Right? He didn't want to shield from pain. He sought a shield from against the spirit of complaining, which is born out of pain. Right? Because you won't, you won't accomplish near as much with complaining. Because you won't, you won't feel motivated to do anything beyond your complaining. Right? This is hard work. You ever dug holes? Want to dig some holes? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I don't like digging holes. Right? We got an auger at my house that digs holes. Praise Jesus. Sometimes it works. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you hit rock, get the auger blade stuck in the rock, and then you got to dig it out and bust it up with a, th- you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it's all still work, right? And you can stand around and complain about, oh, can't believe I picked this spot to dig in right there. would have been soft. This is hard. The whole time, the fence is just laying there. Not being built, yes? Paul didn't want a shield against success, but against pride that's often born out of success that destroys. You've you've probably heard this, but success is more defeating in most people's lives than pain ever has been. Paul didn't want a shield against wealth because he knows wealth can be wonderful, but he wanted a shield against materialism that is born out of wealth. Paul didn't want a shield against a particular circumstance, but against every kind of circumstance that might def- def- defend him against the fiery darts of the enemy. Come on, everybody. And Paul found that shield to be the field, shield of faith in and with the, in the relationship, walking in a relationship with Christ Jesus. He knew that he had to be close to Jesus. He knew that he had to stake. Listen, the goal this morning is to shift our thinking from external, immediate comfort to eternal reward. Eternal reward. To become less concerned with feelings and physical comforts and more concerned with spiritual growth and health. Much more inc- harder. Yeah. I could softball it to you this morning. Right? But I chose not to because I I don't do you a lot of good if I just softball it to you. Right? Paint a pretty picture. Three points. We're done. Right? Sing a song we all love and know. Right? No, you're having to read the lyrics and actually engage in a process. Isn't it amazing? Right? God is much more concerned with your relationship with any amount of comfort upon this earth. And if you live by walking by the shield of faith, encouraging you, that God has equipped you with that, the rewards of this faith are well worth it. Come on, church. Are well worth it. What are the rewards of faith? Can we we take a moment and just recall the 23rd Psalm? Right? Right? Sometimes we need to go back to where it began for us and remember the goodness and the blessing of God upon our lives. Yes? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside the still and quiet waters, He restores my soul. Yes? He he what? He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For who? For you. You are with me. You are with me. Your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. If what? If I don't get caught up in the immediate pain, agony, Attack of the enemy. Come on. I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not going to camp there. I'm not going to make my home there. I'm not going to rest there. Moving through. God, you have brought me through places. You've brought me. Th- Why? Because you're, br- you're br- bringing me to, to the still waters, to the green pastures, to the places of refreshing and encouragement to the things that will sustain me. I don't have to be bogged down by the attack that I've received, but God, I can stand strong in what you've done for me. Come on, church. So when we talk about that shield of faith, it doesn't shield us from heartache. It doesn't shield us from pain. It doesn't shield us from attack. It doesn't shield us from things that we never saw coming. David said this. He said, thank God for broken bones. Thank God for broken Sometimes because broken bones and the brokenness, we've got to learn to trust God. In those times that we, we, don't, we can't just st- with, with our own strength push through, right? Come on, everybody. We have to rely upon. So as I listen to people who talk, who have a little more gray in their hair than me, <laughs> I'm learning something. Often what people thought were mountaintop experiences were really the valleys. And not to stop. Don't stop where you are. But push through. Push through. Because God has again and again and again for us all those moments in life, right, everybody? Those mountaintops, Kind of places where everywhere we look, it's blessing, right? Everywhere we look, it's, it, we're in awe of what God has done. We're in awe of what he's created around us. We're in awe of all that he's done. We've all, we're in awe that he's encouraged us and he's got us to this spot. We're in awe that we have the strength physically to get there. We're in awe that we are. We're on the top of the mountain with the people that we love. And those, t- those mountaintop experiences, listen, they will help us when we find ourselves in the valleys. Yes? They'll help us. I, I just, I feel like this morning, we, we just need to take a little bit of time and pray for each other. I, I think there's some things going on in people's lives today that we just, we just need to pray for each other and, and ask God to give them spiritual strength. To ask God to, to allow them to rise up, right? To not be bogged down in the details, but to continue to trust in the Lord. It's a shield of what? Faith. Faith. W- where's your faith today? Where's your, Mike, would you come to the keys? Thank, thank you. you will have to unmute him up there. Thanks, man. We've got to be bold and live a life of faith, trusting in God, knowing that what he has for us is, 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 is not only uplifting, but it's ongoing. Come on, church. Would you stand all over this room? How do we grow? How do we learn? How do we love? In the difficult moments, and there's a lot of us in this place that aren't going through difficult moments, but there are those that are. In those difficult times, we trust Him. We trust Him. We don't give up on Him. We don't, we don't rely upon our own understanding and strength, but we trust God in what He's doing in our lives. We know that God has a plan bigger than we can even understand, right? You know that, right? What you're dealing with right now. Some of you right now, you're like, Pastor Derek, man, life's going grand. Things are good, right? Well, I hope that when, and I'm, I'm not doomsday at all, but, but, but listen to me. When, when life takes a bump and there, there's a bump coming, if that happens, rely upon what you're hearing today, Right? Just know that you have these things in place in your life that God has given you as weapons to walk through life with to just be comforted by, to be led by, and as offensive weapons against the enemy of our soul, to take back what he's stolen from others and from ourselves. Come on, church. if you're here this morning and there's just a defeat that keeps running through your head, I just, I just want you to ask the Lord right now. I want you to ask God, God, help me to stop focusing on the defeat. Because we know there's victory in Jesus. We know that's what he's given. That's what he's provided. That's who he is. Right? Right? But we 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 at times we want to hold on to the defeat or or we feel like even if we get past one thing, oh, something else is about to come. Listen, walk in victory, walk behind that shield of faith. It will exter- extinguish. The Bible said, all the fiery darts of the enemy. It, they don't have to get through. But we've got to walk with it. We've got to have it with us. Come on, church. All over this place. Is there sin in your life? Is there defeat that keeps popping its head up and reminding you that's the enemy? Listen, the enemy has no access where we don't give him access. So God, right now, we we go on a spiritual attack of the enemy of the soul. And we say to the enemy of our life, you have no business in my life, for I am a child of God. I live for the Lord. I have been, I've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I stand as a child of God, redeemed from the life of pain and sin that once held me bound. But now I stand complete in Jesus as a son or daughter of God. The enemy has no business Getting through to my life. For I will employ the shield of faith. I'll take up the shield of faith. And it will extinguish every fiery dart that enemy fires at my direction. Parents, are you praying that over your kids? Spouses, are you praying that over your spouse? Hmm. We should pray it over our friends. We should pray it over our city. Come on, church. We're in a spiritual battle in this place. We're in a spiritual battle that we would we would be equipped, we would be well-equipped to fight the enemy of the soul to win back the kingdom that God is establishing. Come on, church. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fa. Or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.